Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick. The regressive left is celebrating the state's new extreme pro-abortion law. With Governor Pritzker's signature of Senate Bill 25, the unborn are denied legal rights. Abortion centers can operate without health inspections, and the conscience rights of doctors, nurses, and even churches are under attack. The pro-life community is responding. They were uninvited guests at the Chicago Cultural Center where the bill signing ceremony took place. Good morning. My name is Mary-Kate Knorr. I am the executive director of Illinois Right to Life and the spokesperson for Illinois Right to Life Action. 17 days ago, Speaker Mike Madigan and House Democrats forced the country's most extreme abortion legislation on the Illinois people. In those 17 days, we estimate that approximately 1,700 unborn children have been poisoned or dismembered in utero, in hospitals and clinics all across our state. After today, we anticipate that the daily rate of abortions in Illinois will increase. We also anticipate that the rate of injury to women as a result of negligent clinics will increase. In addition, we suspect more clinics will open and more dollars will be made by the abortion industry, which capitalizes on our loose laws and on women's fear and vulnerability. At the bill signing you just witnessed, there was more money, power, and personal ego present than our state's res residents can even begin to imagine. And while Kelly Cassidy and Jennifer Welch remain the, fa the female faces of abortion in Illinois, make no mistake, Terry Cosgrove and Mike Madigan were the muscle that forced this historic manipulation of our legislative process. Isn't it ironic? I am a 26-year-old woman, a millennial at the peak of my fertility. My vote is supposedly the coveted vote, is it not? Is it not my voice that media and culture and politicians say should matter most in this debate? Yet my voice and the voice of the other numerous millennial women standing behind me at this press conference has been drowned out by an old white man, that is to say the old white man, Speaker Mike Madigan. To add insult to injury, Speaker Madigan has more money than God and together with Terry Cosgrove funded the campaigns of the legislators who sponsored this legislation, lobbied for this legislation, and ultimately passed this legislation by manipulating our legislative process and lying to the Illinois public. Now, I don't have any money. <laughs> I don't have any political power. But I do have eyes to see, ears to hear, and my feminine intuition, all of which lead me to conclude that I, me personally, just got played by our state government. This press conference today is our opportunity to condemn this horrific legislation, but the truth is such that the public already did that, overwhelmingly, consistently, and with a greater outcry than almost any other issue our state has ever been confronted with. 18,000 Illinois residents filed witness slips to oppose HB 2495, the Reproductive Health Care Act. Why was the committee hearing never held on HB 2495? Why was the bill ultimately returned to Rules Committee? Public perception is important to Speaker Madigan. Who knows that the second rule to political reign in Illinois is famously make no waves. Why was the bulk of the text of the Reproductive Health Care Act added as an amendment to an unrelated Senate bill and passed through the House on the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend? To minimize impact. No impact, no waves. This, the, this is the Madigan way. 
Unfortunately for the speaker and his army of cowards down in Springfield, there's been a silver lining in all of this for us. We've gotten pretty organized. The public wasn't just paying attention in February when these bills were introduced, or in March when 4,000 people shut down the Capitol in protest, or throughout April and May when state residents repeatedly and consistently called and lobbied their legislators. No, thanks to our efforts and the efforts of our friends in the pro-life movement, the public was also paying attention on mem over Memorial Day weekend, and they know what our legislators did. Speaker Madigan may have avoided a wave. What he did instead was unleash an ocean. And every day that full-term, viable babies are lethally injected in utero in this state, that ocean grows. The teeny, tiny fraction of voters who supported this utterly insane legislation, they'll forget. But the people in our state who are sickened and disgusted by the thought of killing a viable baby before she's born, the ones who've been ignored, disrespected, manipulated, and lied to, we will remember. Speaker Madigan's money and power will always be good here in a state where the prosperous are few and far between. But history teaches us that if there's any force greater than money in politics, it's the force of an angry people. The list of legislators who supported this effort is a list we will not forget. And as the pro-life people of Illinois, we will not be silent. We will move forward, we will grow in numbers, and we will also grow in strength. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Peter Breen. I'm her lawyer. Thomas More Society Vice President and Senior Counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, today uh, marks a very sad day in the history of the state of Illinois. Today, Illinois becomes the abortion capital of the country. We're already the bankruptcy capital and the corruption capital. Now we add abortion to that list. Make no mistake, what happened today was the legalized killing of viable, preemie babies in utero. Uh, prior to today, you could not, under, except under exceptional circumstances, do an abortion after the viability of a child. Today, you can now do it for nearly any reason. They've wiped off any of the limitations on this uh, procedure. They've wiped away any of the penalties per, for performing an illegal post-viability abortion, and they've even taken out the reporting requirement for post-viability abortions where the physician must put down the reason, the medical indication for such a procedure as well. And unreported is they wiped away the sections of Illinois statute that provide licensing of abortion clinics. And we in Illinois have a history, including in recent years, of filthy, dirty abortion clinics being shut down based on inspections done by the state of Illinois. Abortion clinic in Rockford was shut down permanently because of an Illinois inspection. They were reusing, reusing surgical implements without sanitizing them. That was in Rockford. Peoria was fined for serious health violations. They just shut down recently. Lincolnwood was shut down. The north side of Chicago that was doing later second trimester abortions shut down due to health and safety violations. As of today, the statutory sections that supported those shutdowns has been wiped off the books. There will no longer be inspections of Illinois abortion clinics after today. As well, it was referenced upstairs. Parental notice 
is now been put at risk. We are looking forward to trying to defend that in court as the Thomas More Society. We stand ready to defend that against what we believe is going to be an inevitable legal challenge. Uh, and so we also stand there uh, to defend that, to defend the people of Illinois. The Democrats who ran this through have lied so significantly on this issue. I'm showing you my work. I can show you the sections of the 1975 abortion law that impose penalties for doing illegal post-viability abortions. I can show you the sections that impose requirements that post-viability reasons for doing the abortion must be reported to the state of Illinois. I can show you the sections as well that require that abortion clinics be licensed as ambulatory surgical centers, and I can show you the, 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 the stories that your own publications have written about the closures of dirty, filthy abortion clinics in this state. I'm showing my work. On the other side, these claims that somehow uh, that, that nothing is changing, totally false. Post-viability abortions up to the moment of birth are now allowed in the state of Illinois with no penalty. E even the mention in RHA about viability and health and all of that is a suggestion. There's no, they've taken out all of the penalties for performing an illegal post-viability abortion. So I mean, there, there's, there's absolutely no truth to what uh, the Democrats who have rammed this through uh, would say. Uh, so I, again, I, mean, I don't know what more I can do other than show you. Uh, and and you, you can read the, uh, the health description yourself. Any, any condition uh, is counted as health. In the committee hearing, the ACLU representative, and they helped draft the bill, they couldn't identify a single post-viability abortion that would be prohibited under this act. You've got a, a, a whether it's a class, uh, it's, it was certain class of misdemeanor or a felony even, uh, that is all gone. That was wiped out of the, that was in the 1975 abortion law for doing an illegal post-viability abortion as well. The, the reason we weren't doing these post-viability abortions, there was also a requirement that a second physician be present in case the child was born alive. Now these, these, are, these are children that are able to live outside the womb on their own. Uh, again, maybe with a NICU help or what have you, Again, so we, that's why we're saying this is, this is legalized killing of preemie unborns. Uh, so th there's no better way to put it, I, 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 mean, I would say. And again, I can show you my work. You guys have known me for over a decade doing pro-life law. I mean, those guys on the floor couldn't even flip through their own bill and find the places where, they, where it did the, what they said it did. I'd even forwarded out a, a law to repeal the enjoined provisions of Illinois abortion, uh, the Illinois abortion statutes, is a half-page law. This was a 126-page law where they went through every section where any health care, uh, where you had specific protections for health care workers on abortion, wiped away. You're stuck dealing with the Health Care Right of Conscience Act, which is even under a federal injunction now. Uh, you, you've got so many places in Illinois law where we had made special allowances, even though we're, we're a pro-choice, majority pro-choice state, we still had restrictions on abortion. Uh, and you heard it upstairs, they want to take out parental notice, and you already see in this, in this act, there are specific provisions about autonomous decision-making. We fully expect at Thomas More Society a lawsuit to be filed to challenge the parental notice law under the RHA. And they've got the tools to do it. And we'll defend it strongly. A, a few years ago, they modified the Healthcare Right of Conscience Act. That was SB 1564. It was passed in 2016. Uh, that is under a federal injunction. But it was the one that... Uh, that said you could get conscience rights as long as there were certain policies and as long as you were willing to hand people a list of abortion clinics they could go to. That's under a federal injunction. That's the only law left in Illinois protecting healthcare workers uh, on this topic.
Right now, we are, we, we are, we are looking very seriously. Our, our primary focus is maintaining parental notice. Since the parental notice law, which we were very integral in working through the courts uh, back in 2012, since that law was in, in effect in 2012, our underage abortion rate has dropped 55 percent. 55 percent. So you've got thousands fewer abortions on underage women in the state of Illinois. We want to protect that first. We're looking as well at conscience protections for uh, under the insurance mandate. Uh, small churches, uh, religious nonprofits, small businesses, at least under the text of this bill, are having to provide elective abortion coverage in their insurance plans. We're going to look at that as well. That's where we're looking right now. I think Governor Pritzker actually invited people to start coming to Illinois to get late-term abortions. Governor Pritzker, during his conference, mentioned that he wanted to, to be a beacon for folks to come and get abortions. So again, we're, we've, we're already known for bankruptcy and corruption. It'll now be ABC, abortion, bankruptcy, corruption in the state of Illinois under this, uh, you know, this Democrat supermajority and this governor. That is not what the people of Illinois want. This is not the way that we turn our state around, that we are, we're looking to try to, to become a destination state. Uh, we don't want to be a destination state for abortion. We want to be a destination state for families and strong businesses. Uh, so again, Governor Pritzker agreed with me, essentially, in not my words, but I said we would become the, the abortion capital of the country. He just agreed with me at his press conference. We have now gone way beyond Roe v. Wade in terms of post-viability abortions. As well, we, could have, we had licensing for abortion clinics and safety inspections. No more. You also, this is another part of the bill that we've not talked about, nurses and physician's assistants can now do medical abortions. As of today, nurses and physician's assistants across the state in any office can now do medical abortions. So that is, that is a huge change. Yeah, that, that is, uh, that's my message today. You're listening to a news conference in response to the state's new radical pro-abortion law. More on Illinois Family Spotlight after this. You can support adoption with a side of fries. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. With Hollywood corporations threatening to pull out of Georgia because of the state's new pro-life law, it's refreshing to see one company doing something beautiful for children. Now through July 22nd, Wendy's will donate $5 to the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption each time a customer scans the SNAP code on Wendy's Spread the Love beverage cup. As my colleague Warren Cole Smith wrote in his Restoring All Things column at Breakpoint.org, Wendy's has provided many millions of dollars in funding for adoption agencies across the country over the last 30 years. Wendy's founder, the late Dave Thomas, was himself adopted as a young boy. That and his Christian faith made him one of our nation's leading proponents of adoption. Face it, he once said, without adoption, Wendy's wouldn't be here. So next time you have a craving for a burger and fries, go to Wendy's, support adoption. Oh, and follow them on Twitter. They're hilarious. For more on faith and culture, go to breakpoint.org. I'm John Stone Street. It's an evening you don't want to miss. The Illinois Family Institute's Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet with the Reverend Franklin Graham. For tickets, visit IllinoisFamily.org. The only hope for the United States of America is Almighty God. A bold challenge for today from Franklin Graham, Friday, November 1st at the Tenley Park Convention Center. Let's elect men and women to office who will lead this nation back to really be one nation under God. Franklin Graham and the IFI Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet. I want you to know this, God loves you. For tickets, call 708-781-9328, 708-781-9328, or visit IllinoisFamily.org, IllinoisFamily.org.
Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. During this edition, we're highlighting a news conference conducted by life activists in response to pro-abortion legislation passed by Democrats and signed into law by Governor Pritzker. Good morning. My name is Emily Kelly. I'm a neonatal ICU nurse at a major Chicago hospital and a fertility care practitioner. Like many others, I have been closely following this bill since it was first introduced earlier this year. As is the case with many conversations surrounding abortion, particularly late-term abortion, I have found myself intensely frustrated. I am frustrated because sponsors of this bill, as well as Speaker Madigan himself, claim to support this legislation for reasons that touch upon two of my deepest passions. The first is women's health, and the second are infants, both inside and outside of the womb. So you can imagine my disappointment at how both are being grossly misunderstood by our legislators. I'm a 25-year-old woman who's led a blessed life. I myself was born at 32 weeks gestation, about two months before my projected due date. I was on a ventilator for numerous days. I couldn't breastfeed due to, as many other babies, uh, due to my lungs being underdeveloped and my sucking reflexes not being fully developed. So for two weeks, I was on a ventilator, and then for two weeks following, I was remained in the hospital. My parents fought for my life. The doctors and nurses that cared for me fought for my life. And in my own way, I fought for my life. And just like my patients, whose stories are often far more tragic than my own, I continue to fight for life. You could say that my knowledge of these first few weeks of my time in the world contributed to the career path I chose. In addition, the truth is that I simply love babies. I always thought they would be my sole passion until recent years. Then I personally encountered some unexplained health questions and concerns, which I have personally sought adequate answers to. Those adequate answers were found through fertility care and NAPRO technology, which has now led me on a new journey as a fertility care practitioner, where I seek to teach women to educate them about the beauty of their fertility. So from this experience, my passion for women's health was born. So now I have two passions, and I've learned that the more that I come to know one, the more I've discovered and grown in zeal for the other. I say this because I believe it's important to recognize that one can love both. I can wholly advocate for women and also advocate for babies. So I'm sure you've gathered that I'm a woman against abortion. But let me clarify that that does not make me a woman against women. On the contrary, it makes me a woman who cares for women because I tell them the truth about what's growing inside of them and the scientific fact that must be recognized that this growing fetus inside of the woman is a baby a living member of our human family. A woman's heart beats for her baby and her lungs breathe for her, but her baby moves inside of her mother on her own. She hiccups, she flips, she drinks, she pees. She is her own body. She is her own person. I spend 40 blessed, albeit difficult weeks or hours a week caring for very sick babies. Some of these babies were born as early as 23 weeks gestation. That's three weeks before this bill defines a human fetus as viable. This baby's heart beats and her lungs breathe. Her brain continues to grow and develop at a rapid pace 
and is very easily impacted by everything that we do and inflict upon her. She moves, she reacts to touch, she experiences pain. She recognizes her mom's voice and smell. She does best skin to skin on mom's chest. There, her temperature and her, vital, and her vitals stabilize. This baby does not simply live. Let me tell you, she fights. She fights for her life and I fight for it too. I take abortion seriously because I also take it personally. Not just because it takes an innocent human life, but because frankly, I find it to be an insult to my life's work and the tireless dedication that my fellow nurses and neonatologists put toward this field. Doctors spend countless hours in an outpouring of knowledge specializing in this field. Newsflash, the patients of fetal specialists are fetuses. How have we let these lies about women and babies lead to a complete denial of an entire realm of medicine? I'll be damned if you tell me that small, sick, and suffering babies that I care for on a daily basis are not worth saving. I'll be damned if you tell me that before exiting the miraculous home that is her mother's womb, that she's not a living, breathing human person. Babies are strong. So I implore you, men, women, politicians, people of our state, be strong for them. This bill is a horrible contradiction of fundamental scientific truths and the work that I do every single day. Under this law, every single one of my patients could be legally killed in utero in our state. What does this say about this law? What does that say about our politicians? What does that say about our leaders? Thank you. I'm Eric Scheidler, Executive Director of the Pro-Life Action League and the father of eight children, including six girls. And I'm here today as a father. Uh, Father's Day is in just a few days, and I want every dad that's out there, every dad that's maybe expecting their first baby to be born, maybe you've already put your hand on your, on your girlfriend or your wife's belly and you felt that kick, or every mom who's felt that kick out there right now. Your child in the womb has just been declared to have absolutely no rights by the state of Illinois. Every embryo, every fetus in this state, our young unborn brothers and sisters, has had their fundamental right to life. Any notion that they might count as a person, any value that they might have stripped away by the state of Illinois. So when you feel that baby kick, dads and moms out there, know that Governor Pritzker just signed away any notion that your child has any value before the law. I'm here to speak out on behalf of every one of those children. Because every one of us here today, everyone who was at that signing ceremony, everyone who's been celebrating abortion today was once an unborn child. Every one of us passed through that stage of being a tiny little embryo, ready to implant in our mother's womb, passing through that stage of the fetus, the fetus whose fetal position to this day is a sign of comfort and closeness that we all share in. Every one of us was once an unborn child. And now every unborn child in the state of Illinois has been cast out of the human family by this legislation. Think about what that means, my friends. Think about that, moms and dads. Even if this is a difficult pregnancy and you're struggling with what to do, know that the pro-life people of Illinois will help you in any way that we can. We are continuing to recognize the value of those children's lives, as every one of us should. They are the most vulnerable members of the human family. We cannot forget them like this legislation does. Please, my fellow Illinoisans, join me today in recognizing the humanity of our unborn brothers and sisters, 
join me in standing up for their fundamental right to life, their right to belong to this family with all of us. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Dr. Nalini Rajamanan, and it's a very emotional day. I'm here to speak about the pain and the use of intracardiac digoxin in these, in these babies to induce the abortion. It is an unbelievable concept that we, who as physicians and cardiologists, use digoxin to save lives, and now we're finding out that they're using it to take a life. In animals and in veterinary work, it is illegal to do this. My father's a veterinarian. I've, I, I oversee some research when I was at Northwestern University. I trained, I went to Notre Dame, trained at the Mayo Clinic for 14 years, recruited here to Northwestern, and now I work between Wisconsin and Chicago for my research and my medical practice. And I just want to say that this pain that's being induced is an injection through the chest wall, through the intrathoracic uh, in, cavity, into the heart. We don't do this in live patients. We, don't, we should not be doing this in fetal patients. And I just wanted to mention that it's not legal to do that in animals. They, they, they have anesthetic laws that protect them. We should be protecting these children. We should be standing up for them. We should be protecting them, and we should be making a statement. We ask, we ask God's will to prevail and to pray and to forgive all those who have, have done this injustice, and may his justice prevail over the state of Illinois. Mary-Kate, they're saying it's just a healthcare procedure. It's not a healthcare procedure. That's, that's a human being, you know, it's a member of the human family. I think the question is, when we're talking about a fetus, we're talking about, okay, this, this, there's always this big debate about fetus versus baby. A fetus is a word used to describe a, a baby in an earlier developmental phase. Is that, that organism a member of the human family? The answer is yes, that it is. What are the parents of that organism? Two human beings. So to say that it's, to say that it's just healthcare, to say that it's nonetheless women's healthcare, it's literally the taking of human life. I mean, the reality is such that people just ignore that because it's easier to ignore that than to actually talk about what the procedure actually is. When we talk about abortion, women who defend abortion, Ask them what it actually is. Ask them what actually happens in an abortion procedure, in a first trimester abortion procedure, second, third trimester. Ask them what happens in a third trimester abortion procedure. It requires the taking of a human life. It is not healthcare. Absolutely not. So we'll be working with pregnancy resource centers. We'll be you know, continuing to go out into the public and actually educate people. And really what we'll do, I think more than we've ever done, is engage people at the grassroots level and equip them with the tools and the knowledge that they need to actually go out into their communities and talk about these issues. It is astounding the number of people who had no idea that this was even so much a debate in Illinois as much as, we, as this, abortion, this abortion legislation is truly the most extreme that has been introduced anywhere in the country. And people are continuously shocked by that information. I think people really have no idea that, that 
Illinois is an abortion capital of the United States. So we intend to go out and deliver that information because it's wildly unpopular. Late-term abortion is wildly unpopular, not just across the country, but also in the state of Illinois. And as we go and take that information to the people of our state and also show them what they can actually do, which is engage in the, in the, uh, in the electoral process, go out and volunteer for campaigns, work for a pro-life candidate. As we go out and teach people how to do those things, we will have a, a deep and genuine impact on the political environment in the state. A life response to a new pro-abortion law. Be sure to visit IllinoisFamily.org to keep up on efforts to protect and promote life. A reminder, the Illinois Family Institute's Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet with the Reverend Franklin Graham is November 1st at the Tenley Park Convention Center. You don't want to miss it. For tickets, call 708-781-9328. 708-781-9328. Or just go online at IllinoisFamily.org. That's IllinoisFamily.org. Please support the work of the Illinois Family Institute and tell a friend about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.